Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There were two more murders 15 miles well, away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religious... Morning. A confession can literally change everything. It can bring to light connections, crimes, and victims who deserve to have their case solved. On November 4th, 1957, a man was born whose confession would reveal the monster he truly was. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On November 3rd, 1995, a man named Eugene Britt was arrested by the Portage and Gary Police in connection to a rape and murder of an 8-year-old girl named Sarah Paulson. Sarah's body was found on August 22nd, 1995 in a wooded area near her home in Portage. She had been partially clothed and showed signs of brutal rape, and their investigation brought them to the refuge house, the homeless shelter where Eugene resided. They began to question him, thinking they were on the verge of solving one brutal murder, and began a preliminary hearing with the public defender just three days after his arrest. He pleaded not guilty to the one count of murder and two counts of criminal deviant conduct and headed back to his cell. The next day, November 7th, he meets with the FBI agent, prosecutors from Lake and Porter County, his pastor, and police. It's at this meeting that Eugene gives a startling confession. Sarah Paulson was not his first, last, or only victim. In fact, Eugene Britt confessed to killing eight other women and one man, most of which were from Gary, Indiana. Police immediately began an investigation into his claims an investigation that took five years and told this story. On May 12, 1995, three months before Sarah Paulson's murder, a 13-year-old girl told investigators about her abduction and rape. Three days earlier, she was taken by a man, Eugene Britt, as she walked home around 8.30 that night. He dragged her up a hill and said that if she screamed, he would kill her. He then raped her and told her that because she did not look at his face, she would be set free. But before letting her go, he rummaged through her purse, took her address book and photos, and said that he knew who she was, and if she went to police, he would simply come back for her and finish the job. She told her mother, who told police. DNA samples were taken at the time of the attack, but it would take months and a handful of murders before connections were made. On May 16, 1995, the body of 32-year-old Sarah Harrington was found lying face up in a secluded area in Gary. Less than a month later, 14-year-old Nikita Moore was reported missing. Her decomposing body was found on June 24, 1995. According to Eugene's confession, he abducted her as she walked on the sidewalk, dragged her to the side of a house, and raped her twice. Just before strangling her to death, she said, I'm only 13. 41-year-old Deborah McHenry's nude body was the next to be found. She too had been grabbed and dragged to the side of a house where Eugene began raping her. In her struggle, she looked at his face and sealed her fate. She was strangled to death and abandoned behind the home. 
On August 13, 1995, the body of Michelle Burns, 27, was found in an empty lot. She had been raped and strangled after she assured Eugene that she would never forget his face. Shortly after her body was found came the discovery of Sarah Paulson. On September 2nd, 1995, the body of 51-year-old Betty Askew was found two houses away from her own home. Eugene said he grabbed her neck after she began screaming, took her to an abandoned lot, raped and strangled her before taking $300 from her purse and fleeing the scene. September 12, 1995 brought the discovery of Eugene's last known victim, 29-year-old Cleister Precious McNeil. On September 14th, Eugene was hit by a train in what he claimed was a failed suicide attempt. His legs were broken and he left the next day on crutches and headed to the refuge home, where he was the day police came to arrest him. The day after his confession came the discovery of skeletal remains believed to belong to a victim named Tanya Dunlop. He told police she, like the others, was raped three times and strangled after he lured her away with the promise of drugs. On November 10, 1995, Gary police held a press conference where they publicly stated that Eugene had confessed to nine murders, as well as raping at least five others. Police continued to find more bodies, like that of Maxine Walker, but the body of his sole male victim was never found. On April 26, 1996, Eugene Britt pleaded guilty to Sarah Paulson's murder and was sentenced to life in prison plus 100 years. This didn't stop police from continuing their investigation into his other victims in hopes of charging him with their murders. They finally did so on February 11, 2000, when they charged him with six counts of murder in the perpetration of rape. He pleaded guilty, but mentally ill, and was sentenced to an additional 245 years in prison for three murder charges and one rape. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on November 5th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. you need something to listen to next? Well, check out this other show from Cast Media. Hi, I'm Jake Deptula. I'm Jamie Beebe, and we are your hosts of Strictly Stalking. In each episode, we're going to bring you a new stalking case covering the ins and outs of each stalker, their victim, and their stories. Is he in the house with you? Uh-huh. Does he have any weapons? Yes. What does he have? Is it a gun? Uh-uh. A knife? Yeah. She hated me so much, she found my stepmother, friended her, and then was caught making a plan to attack me with my stepmother. He shows up to my gallery and he's wearing a spacesuit. He looks at me and he goes, you look like Jessica Rabbit and Lilu from The Fifth Element. And then he looks at me very intensely and he goes, and I'm going to stalk you. We hear about the cops not really doing anything or not really caring about the crime of stalking. There's a lot of victim shaming for stalkers. The predator who had been stalking me for 44 years was starting to really interfere with my life and my freedom a lot more than he had been. One of those random messages on my DM that was like, I'm coming and I'll see you on this date. I was like, I'm not responding to this. And then it was like a verification of a flight got sent. All of a sudden I hear a knock at the door. So I open the door and there's a six foot something gentleman standing in front of me with a backpack and he looks at me and he says, are you Aaron? I'm kind of panicked because this isn't Larry. He followed me to my workplace 
and he grabbed me, pushed me into the door and, and was like, unblock me, unblock me, why do you block me? I'm Jake Deptula. I'm Jamie Beebe. Strictly Stalking premieres on January 21st. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like, oh my God, this person won't stop texting me, stop calling me. She keeps showing up everywhere. And then that's when it's like, you're like, oh shit.